Sorry, guys. So at the beginning of this episode, I forgot to start recording. So if you want the full episode, uh, you can go to our YouTube channel, Common Sense Christianity. Same, uh, same everything, really. I mean, <laughs> there's different videos on there, but uh, it's the same profile photo or whatever. So uh, I started recording midway through my mom's uh, mini lecture. So guys, it, it just go and listen to it. My bad. <laughs> seen in church service so he was very intrigued so uh the patriarch alexander he um he goes out and takes athanasius and take him under his wing and mentors him and you got to understand in the time that um athanasius was around uh there was um they were under the um roman emperor diocletian and at this time the christian was being persecuted persecuted and killed for their faith. So this is the kind of the context that Athanasius was, um, what he was living in. So he um, becomes like a deacon, uh, kind of uh, works beside the patriarch Alexander in Egypt, um, contends for the faith. But then at this time, Constantine becomes the emperor of Rome and his desire is to um, unify the whole Roman empire to bring peace. And he saw the church as the great unifier. But the problem was he didn't anticipate at this time that Athanasius within the church, there was a debate. And this debate was between um, uh, Elder Arius and Athanasius with um, concerning uh, the deity of Christ. So they were, um, Arius was saying that Christ was a created being. He was not God in the flesh. Whereas the Orthodox teaching that Athanasius was, um, defending was yes. Uh, Christ was God in the flesh. He was a hundred percent God and hundred percent man. And so there was a debate, uh, and it got to the point where there, they had to meet, um, at the Council of Nicaea, um, and Constantine was involved in this. Um, and there's some kind of there's a, some debate whether Constantine was a Christian or not. And that's a, that's a separate. Um, we can kind of some people say he wasn't. Some people say he he uh, was. But nevertheless, he got these bishops together. And Athanasius at the time he was a deacon, so he came with um, Alexander, that the patriarch. And for three months, they were debating over this important doctrine. So it came to the point where um, Arius was considered a heretic. He was exiled, and Athanasius, uh, the Orthodox teaching of uh, the doctrine was preserved at this time. But again, Constantine brings Arius back um, and then he wants Athanasius to, um, you know, take um, Arius and make him a part of the church. Well, and at this point, it's, it's, it's just Athanasius could have like kind of saved himself, but he was so concerned with the doctrines and the correct teachings of Christ. He was like, no, Arius is teaching a different gospel, a different um, doctrine. And so because it is, Athanasius was exiled um, and he was removed from his, um, from um, being the Bishop of Alexander. And during this struggle of Athanasius, he was actually exiled five times, all because he took the seriousness of defending the faith um, defending the teachings and he just would not bow and 
for that. Um, he is known for just being laying like the foundation of 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 how we uh, see the doctrines of the Christian faith today. And um, just talking about the um, the defense of the deity of Christ, the defense of the doctrines. So that's what I want to share about Athanasius. He's uh, one of one of our great church leaders. Um, just to find, you know, give more information to do research. He did write several books. Uh, and the one that if you want to um, just do on-call research, you could do uh, the incarnation. Um, and it explains about how Jesus uh, is both God and man. Now we're going to turn over and let Ethan <laughs> <laughs> tell us about defending our Christian faith. Thanks, man. Great job. Jante is already praising the Lord over there. <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, so we're going to do the typical thing that is going to be kind of like my first video, except I'm going to actually sound educated. Uh, but let me first pull up a scripture that I've read a couple times over YouTube, but I want to make sure that you get it sunk into your heart uh, would be a good analogy. So um, it comes from 1 Peter 3.15. You hear all the apologists say it all the time. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ uh, the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who reveal your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. That is 1 Peter 3.15. All right, so I am going to be probably more brief than my mom was, and I'm very glad that wasn't meant to be an insult, Mom. It, it says uh, stating facts, but um, she prepared her lesson much better than I did. I did this all at the last minute. So um, I wanted to start with talking about the evidence for Jesus' existence. I know I've done that briefly on on this YouTube channel before. And I, I wanted to start this because it sets a, big, a good foundation for what we're going to be talking about for the next two to three weeks. So uh, I'm going to read a quote from Josephus. I'm sure if you've ever done any research at all into uh, Christianity and the evidence for it, uh, you have heard of this man. And it says, about this time there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him a man. For he was one who performed surprising deeds and was a teacher of such of such people as, as accept the truth gladly. He won over many Jews and many of the Greeks. He was a Messiah when upon the accusation of the principal men among us, Pilate had condemned him to a cross. Those who had first come to love him did not cease. He appeared to him spending uh, a third day restored to life for the prophets of God have foretold these things and a thousand other marvels about him. And the tribes of Christians so called after him has still not still to this day not disappeared. Uh, again, that is a quote from uh, Josephus. He he wrote that uh, around 93 AD, so it is a first century source. It is relatively early uh, for historical manuscripts. Now, I have received the objection uh, from atheists whenever I bring this up um, of, of Christians interfering with it. And um, so I did some background research on this thing. And historians have come to a general consensus 
about what the original um, quote uh, said, and that's what I'm going to read to you right now. At this time, there was a wise man who was called Jesus, and his conduct was good, and he was known to be virtuous. And many people from among the Jews and the other nations became his disciples. Pilate condemned him to be crucified and to die. And those who had become his disciples have did not abandon his discipleship. They reported that he had appeared to them three days after his crucifixion and he was alive. Accordingly, he was perhaps the Messiah concerning whom the prophets have recounted wonders. So there are several things that this confirms when talking about uh, the New Testament. This confirmed a man named Jesus lived in the first century. That is a very important detail because if Jesus didn't even exist at all, then Christians would have no case and Christianity is simply not true. Secondly, this man did miracles. He was uh, he either did magic, he did miracles. There are other sources that uh, that say that he was just a musician of some sort of some kind. But it confirms that he did miraculous things. Third, he was killed by the Romans. This is an undisputable historical fact that in 33 AD, someone by the name of Jesus was crucified. Uh, number four, people claim that he was raised from the dead three days later. So these are all facts that we find within uh, the New Testament. It confir- It lines up. Right with the um with the narrative, so um it gives us uh it gives the New Testament accountability and the, and it, it leads us to think uh that the New Testament is more likely to be true. Uh, and now I'm going to read um a quote from Tacitus, who was another historian, a Roman historian, and it says, "But not all the relief that could come from man, but the bounties that." The prince could bestow, nor all the atonements which could be presented to the gods availed to relieve Nero from the infamy of, of being believed to ha- have ordered the conflagration, the fire of Rome. Hence, to suppress the rumor, he falsely charged with the guilt and punished Christians who were hated for their enormities. Christus, the founder of the name, was put to death by Pontius Pilate, procreate, I can't even read today, I'm sorry guys, of Judea in the reign of Tiberius. But the pernicious superstition repressed from the time broke out again, not only through through Judea, Judea, where the mischief uh, originated, but through the city of Rome also where all, uh, all... hideous and shameful from every part of the world find their center and become popular. Accordingly, an arrest was first made of all who pleaded guilty, then upon their information, an immense multitude was convicted, not so much of the crime of firing the city as a hatred against mankind. So Tacitus had no reason. The same thing with Josephus to write these things. In fact, there was reasons why they shouldn't have said it. Uh, because it wasn't beneficial. In fact, it was uh, negatively affecting them. Uh, so the, these concludes the same basic facts. Pontius Pilate was real. Jesus was crucified by Pontius Pilate. There were disciples uh, that claimed that he 
he was raised from the dead. And that's all I wanted to conclude uh, for today. Now, these are just two sources of Jesus. There are seven others as far as I know. There might be more, might be less. Uh, this builds a case for Jesus existing. Now, next week, I'm going to deal with the whole Messiah stuff, and I don't know what my mom's going to talk about, but uh, we'll, we'll go more into detail and build on our cases that we are presenting right now. I just wanted to begin our series our series with a short, um, small pieces of evidence to build our case. All right, so it's now time to answer some atheist questions. And I received these in, in a couple of emails from people, and one of them... I, I took out, and it says, can you reasonably think that your God had no creator? Um, so here's the thing. Uh, we could go all day about what caused God. Now, within the Christian perspective, uh, God is eternal. It, it's as simple as that. So if he has no beginning, then there's no cause um, needed to explain him. Uh so yes, I do not think that God is has a creator. I think he was the first cause to the universe. So uh, to answer your question, no, I, I, well, yes, I can reasonable, reasonably think that God had no creator because he is a first cause. He is the creator. So therefore, he isn't constrained to, to the, um, to the universal laws that he created. And someone else asks, what do you believe and why? So that is very vague. Uh, what do I believe in to, regarding to religion? I believe uh, in the Trinity, three and one, one God of the entire universe. I believe I am a sinner. I believe that humanity is fundamentally flawed and that we de we deserve punishment and that we need a savior. A savior. So God's ultimate justice uh we don't have to face God's ultimate justice. Um, two, divine God. Uh, no, define. Def define God. Uh, anyway, so define God. So God, three in one. God is eternal. God is all loving. God is all forgiving. He is all justice, which is a very important detail to understand. He's the first cause. He's the ultimate creator. He. I might be repeating myself right now. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, so God is the first cause to the universe to sum it up. And then what does the Bible mean to you is our final one. So the Bible, I see as a couple of things. I see it as a word of God, of God obviously. I believe that there is something separate. There is something, uh, uh, what, what, what would be the word? There is something uh, different about it in a, in a good way. I think historically speaking we we can take the bible as just a historical recording of the israelites which is what it is but i do think that god played a role in it i think he inspired man to uh to write the scriptures and i think that uh that the bible is a hundred percent true although there are some literal and some figurative things in it and that's a debate for next time so thank you guys for listening to this episode of common sense Christianity. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Foster. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and leave a like. Ask um, as many questions as you want down in the comment section, and I will respond as soon as possible. And until next time, I'm Ethan Foster, here with Common Sense Christianity.
You just listened to an episode of Common Sense Christianity. I'm your host, Ethan Foster, as always, and we love doing this for you guys. Please share the podcast with your friends and family if you like it, and frankly, even if you don't, uh, subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review so that more people can hear the Word of God. And until next time, God bless you.